This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. Go. Okay, we're back. We're not back. We're starting. This is Drinking with Authors, literary brief edition. We've already had alcohol. People know that. Okay, I'm your host, Erica Lance. My co-host today is... J.M. Piquette. And our guest is T.S. Simons. Woo! We're going to talk about what we're drinking again. I'm the only one drinking. It's very disappointing. But I'm we're all drinking liquid. I <laughs> that pause was me wanting to smack J.M. in the face. Just her face. That. If you watch the YouTube version, you'll see the look I just gave her. Okay, so what I'm drinking is I have a little bit left of my ginger beer and honey jack. And on the last episode, we got to explain what Honey Jack is, the American beer. So, Jen, what are you drinking? I am drinking um, a tea, but it's compote tea. So it's it's fruity Russian tea. It's awesome. Fruity Russian tea. T.S., what are you drinking? I'm drinking mineral water because it's only 11 o'clock on a Sunday morning in Australia. Yeah. As, as Australians always say, it's five o'clock somewhere in the world. I was going to say, I think you're not doing Australians justice with what no, you're presently drinking, not. but that's okay. We'll see if we get complaints on the show. Okay. We don't get complaints on the show. I think our producer filters them out, which is probably good. I say some stuff. I'm surprised I don't get hate mail. Okay. Rapid fire questions. What is your favorite book of all time? Uh, look, as a kid, it had to be and The Faraway Tree by Enid Blyton because you could see the, the land of take what you want and the land of presence. And even as an adult, I still love it. Oh, that's awesome. You like that book, Jen? You're nodding your head. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay, what is your least favorite book? Oh. Yeah, that one right there. That one. Oh, come on. I, I felt it. I felt that. I'm not going to say these, this one. I felt it. I can always tell. I can sense the tremor. In the look, heart. I had to read War and Peace at uni and study it. And oh, my oh. goodness, that. And, and look, and I did love the Odyssey and the Iliad, but they're really hard going. Yeah. It depends on the translation. Because mm. sometimes I'll, I'll teach uh, the Iliad and the Odyssey. And if there's a new Robert Fagel's translation is oh. actually decent. Um, and uh, if you're into wrestling, oddly enough, everybody sounds like like a like a WWF uh, announcer because it's, it's all manly men doing manly things. So I just like have Robert Fagel's is like this, you know, in the ring. I like that because I love the stories, but it was the way yeah. they were written that yeah. I really struggled with. I'm thinking this is fascinating stuff. And I love we've got we name all our pets after gods. So this was really awesome for me, but I just struggled with the way it was written. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of stuff out there like that. What about um, when you're writing? Do you listen to music? No, I'm a very quiet. I need I, I need quiet for, for it to flow. The creative juices have to flow in, in the silence. Wow. So you're not going to be able to write in cafes and stuff like that. No, I'm not oh. JK Rowling. You're not JK. That's okay. Right now, I don't know that you'd want to be JK Rowling. No, probably not. No. I'd like her money, though. I will say that. Yeah, that'd be nice. And, and the oh. castles. And yeah, all that. That would be kind of brilliant to have. Okay. What about... Um, when you're writing, do you do it all on, do you, are you a computer writer? Do you longhand? Do you do any? 
What are I'm your all computer? Um, I'm all computer. I have tried Scrivener. I've tried all these different wonderful software packages, and I come back to Word every single time. That's because you're not a there's you're not a plotter. Scrivener no. and all that stuff, honestly, is only good for people that have some degree of plotting in what they're doing, because that's what all those tools are for: is plotting. So somebody described to me once when she saw my PC at work with all the tabs open, and she said, that's your brain, isn't it? With all those tabs open, I said, that's exactly my brain. And I know where all the characters are and what their motivations are and what their archetypes are, and I know this, and I just, I just need to get it out. Do you have family trees for your characters? I do. So I do have timelines. Timelines are something I struggle with because I kind of think, hang on, was that two years ago? And how old is that character now? So I have to keep timelines, family trees, but timelines is really the part where I find I come unstuck. Wow. So when you read, I'm assuming you're a reader, um, do you read more than one book at a time or just one? I try to read one at a time, but I feel like I'm cheating when I read more than one. And sometimes it's just different genre. If I want a quick read, like, you know, a romance before I go to bed, that's great. But sometimes if you're reading something a little bit more meaty, it's you've, you've actually got to be in the frame of mind. So it's where I am at that time. If I'm waiting for my son at tennis, then I'm happy to read a quick, you know, a quick novella. But it depends on where I am and what I'm doing. Do you like the paper books or do you use a Kindle or an ebook? I was a paperback reader until I became an author. And then I realized that I had to learn to do things on Kindle. Um, I use Google Play personally because Amazon's really hard in Australia. And so I've moved to ebooks, but I do find I, I skip a lot more when I'm reading on an e reader as opposed to a paperback. Do you finish all your books? Nearly always. It would have to be something pretty awful for me not to finish. And I have a few things that I don't cope well with, but most things, yeah, absolutely. I can read just about anything. Like what? (laughs) Um, Inquiring minds want to immediately know. know. (laughs) Um, What have I not read lately? Look, I must admit there was... Rape to love, I cannot deal with in any way, shape, or form. Um, Abuse to love, I can't deal with. And it was those. And I think that as part of my career, one of the things I did in international development was working with traumatized women. Um, And no woman in the history forever is about to be raped and then turns around and wants to actually be with her attacker ever. And I can't, that part I can't get past. No, that makes sense. Um, I find I, I've never been great at let me finish a book that I didn't like, like it was going, I'll chuck it in 2.5 seconds. Because um, I, I think and I time is valuable. And they don't deserve my time if I'm not enjoying what I'm reading. And it's painful. And it, it does take me back to the days in school, because there were some books I read in school that I absolutely loved. Kill a Markingbird, I've talked about that. It's one of my favorite books. I read that in school. But I've read other stuff that I absolutely do not enjoy. Pride and Prejudice, anything from her. And I just think um, I'm an optimist, and I keep thinking, it'll get better. Well, uh, see, Jen was like this. Out of movies. I just oh, keep I'm- thinking, and I owe them the chance to get better. No, so <laughs> I am... <laughs> I'm I'm with you, except I I finally got Kindle Unlimited, and I was like, okay, well now it's not like I bought the book where I'm invested. Mm-hmm. It's not like a, even a library book where I like went to the library and I had to get it. 
I don't really have to finish it. And there are like 10 million other books I could be reading right now. So I just recently, like in the last year, two years, I finally stopped. If, if a book doesn't grab me, I'm like, eh, next. but it's hard. I, I think it's just a waste of time if you're reading it. If they didn't do what they needed to do to keep you, you don't. It's true. I've given up on it's like TV. walking series. out of a movie halfway. And I just I've done that. Get better. Waterworld. Waterworld. That was Kevin Costner. That no. was terrible. It was a horrible I movie. I'm the wrong person to talk to because I love everything. I know you do. She's the nicest person in the entire world. <laughs> I, on the other hand, I'm like, no. No. Okay, Jen, you're up. Rapid fire um, question. Do you paperback? Well, this is a paperback question, but do you write in books or do, does that make you? You're like, no, you don't write in books. <laughs> no, no, no. No. Okay. That's sacrilege. No, you don't do that. <laughs> okay. Um, what are you reading right now? Um, so last night I finished, I, I was downloading, so I belong to some of these um, online review groups where you download other indie authors' books and you read them and I've been reading shifter romances and werewolf romances and I'm just looking for one that really jumps out at me. Well, there's, there's one called The Beast Beside Me. <laughs> I'll go looking for that one. That, and I've also just taken up Kindle Unlimited as well. So I'm still, it's just like a whole new world. No, Kindle so Unlimited many. is good. I'll say we should pay attention to what happens though with Kindle Unlimited here soon. Because the problem with Kindle Unlimited is the book is only on Kindle Unlimited. Mm. It's not anywhere else. So, but um, yeah, no, Beast Beside Me is one of one of our authors, Bo Lake, and it's a werewolf oh, shifter romance. It's pretty good. It's very good, actually. It's awesome. And the second one is coming out like shortly. I think mm -hmm. we're timing that we just went through that. So um, when do you have to, does it have to be quiet when you're reading too, or can you read no matter where? No, reading is different because I can read no matter where. And I do often find that if I download one on my phone and I'm between meetings, I will read a couple of chapters. And of course people think I'm working and they don't go near me and it's awesome, but I'm actually reading. <laughs> I love it. I love it too. What about story graveyard? Do you have a story graveyard? Do you have a bunch of stories that you started that are on hold somewhere in a file waiting for you to come back? I do. Um, and I had one that I was halfway through quite a few years ago and then changed jobs and started traveling a lot. But I found that a lot of the themes have come back into the Antipodes series, uh, series. So themes that were always really important to me that I just hadn't got to the point of, of finishing. So, yes, I do. I think every author does. And ch dead chapters and paragraphs that you really like the way they sounded, but they just didn't move the story along. What kind of character is your favourite to write? Oh, strong women. Definitely strong women. Oh, I started this series with a male protagonist and, and there was a good reason for that at the time. It was, it was something that I needed to do. But by book three, I've switched to um, the female, the, the, the kick-ass female, which I love. Do you find any characters hard to write? Um, look, bad, bad characters, bad, you know, difficult motivations I find difficult. Um, weak characters because I don't understand them. And I do find that I go through, you know, the Enneagrams and I'm a big believer in Jungian psychology and the, the, the goddess and god archetypes and things. 
So I've written a whole section in my latest book about um, the, the Jungian goddess archetypes in, in the characters, and there was very much that framework when I built them. But, you know, your Persephone and your Aphrodite are so not me, so therefore I find it very difficult to understand those characters' motivations. Wow. Genuinely. So are you, yeah. I was going to say first person, third person. What do you like? I write, I write well. It was interesting. I like reading in third, but what I've realised I don't like with novels is when they go one chapter to him, one chapter to her. And so I write first person. But it was interesting. I had somebody come up to me recently, email me because nobody comes up to you anymore, and said, I don't like first-person novels, but I really liked yours, particularly the stuff around the emotional, mental health stuff. I really felt that I was there with you. And I thought, well, that's a really lovely, a really lovely accolade. First person can be hard because a lot of times writers get too stuck in the characters' heads and they're not showing action. They're like talking sure about what's happening. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's where a lot of, cause I write in first person and some of my stuff and I find a lot of times that people forget, or it's just a lot of dialogue and they're not actually doing the actions. Um, one of the best examples I've seen of, of really the right way to do that is the book you and the, so it was, it's on Netflix. It was, you know, with Paige Bagley, who's just delicious human, even though he's a killer. Um, so <laughs> He's like, I don't understand why people are in love with this character. And I'm like, because you're, you're the character. So, um, but uh, I actually got the audiobook for this because I've become a huge, and you're about to get an audiobook question. So prep for that. Um, I've become a huge audiobook fan for up until we got in lockdown listening because on the way to work, I yes. love road trips, that sort of stuff, listening to audiobooks. And it is completely written first person in his view of every situation and every interaction. There's no character things that happen. It doesn't switch POV. It is a thousand percent how he is perceiving the situations. And I was like, that is very well done. And I think that's where a lot of first person authors miss the mark is doing that. So if that's a comfortable space for you, that's awesome because most people don't write in that space because of that reason. And I think it was important to me. So the initial um, main character in, in Antipodes and the second book, The Liminal Space, it was around the fact that he had this anxiety, but it, well, that wasn't the storyline. It was the fact that you can live your life just fine, but there was that internal dialogue sometimes. And you can't get that across if, you talk, if you're writing in the third person. So first person was essential. And then there was also, when I've switched to this, this strong female character, she also has these niggling thoughts in the back of her head. People see her as this, you know, gung-ho, run missions kind of person, but you still have these niggling thoughts in the back of your head and it's important to have the layers of, of people's personality and psyche. I agree 100%. Let's talk about audiobooks. Do you mm -hmm. have audiobooks yet? I, yes, I love audiobooks. So I've always driven to and from work before lockdown. And I think Outlander was the first one that I got on audiobook because otherwise it's really hard going. And having somebody read to you is so decadent. And you're driving to work and you get to work and you think, I need to sit here and just finish this chapter. And you'd be sitting in the car park and people could hear the noise in your car and think, she's on the phone. No, she's not on the phone. I've got somebody reading to me. So no, I do love audiobooks. What about your books and audiobooks, though? I don't know that I'm there yet. Um, 
foreign language translations, audiobooks, I'm, I'm not sure. Yes, I would love to get to that point, but it's the financial outlay of doing it. No, I to- totally get it. There, there are some ways to do it, but I totally get it. It is definitely uh, like a, an investment to get it, but I can't wait for the day till your book is being read back to you. And then you go, did I write that? Yeah, it's always fun when you're listening and you go, do, do you consider listening to an audiobook as does that count as having read the book? Um, I used to feel like I was cheating. Um, and then there were times when I felt that I would actually have to have, the, and I have got the physical books of some of these books in front of me as well, because I'd be thinking, I'm not sure that you're reading that the way I would read that. So sometimes I go there, but no, see, I, I think it's cheating. I, I physically read and then I have somebody read to me that I find it very decadent. And the other really nice thing about audiobooks, of course, is that if you zone out at any point, you can just backtrack a chapter and, and get it read to you again. Mm-hmm. Many times, if you like that particular chapter, many, many times. Well, it also I've never es- done that. <laughs> right. It also establishes in your brain how people sound. Like one, mm-hmm. you know, it's like watching a movie. Like once you see that actor, you're like, oh, that's that person. You know, your mm-hmm. imagination loses the, you know, the chance to do it on your own. So, and sometimes the narrators I struggle with, and I just, you know, mm-hmm. somebody's voice jars with you, mm-hmm. and I just, I can't. Even no matter how good the book is, I can't get past your your narration. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's part of the the thing with finding a narrator for your book is you're going to have that, and then there are some narrators that are followed you know, for their narrations, you'll get listeners because that particular narrator is followed. Mm. People like the sound of that narrator's voice, regardless of what they're reading. Well, I, right. I also ran into, like, I was reading a series. I read, like, I had a physical copy of the first one and then I was driving. This was years ago. And uh, for whatever reason, the person reading it and the sound of my car driving, I could not hear him. Like his tone was perfectly pitched for like the sound of my tires <laughs> on the highway. So like, all right, so this isn't going to work. Like, this guy's voice and my ears do not agree. Yeah. What book was that? Um, it was one of the uh, J- uh, Harry Dresden's. Oh, but really? The same guy. Because normally in other things that he's read, uh, it's James Marsden. But for like three of the books, I just, for, I don't know if it was my car. I had the tires. I don't know if You're it's telling me you couldn't, you couldn't hear a spike. That's disappointing. I spike. He that's would just so... disappear into the background. Oh my goodness. That's just, that's disappointing. Just I that know. you couldn't get spike. Oh my gosh. What about uh, books to movies? How do you feel about books to movies? Well, movies, ain't never do them justice. Sometimes I like to see somebody's interpretation of it. And, you know, you think of Harry Potter and you think the dining hall scene with the floating candles and and the food. And it was one of those where you went, oh, that's just how I saw it in my head. So sometimes I really like it. But often you find that it's like, you know, that, that the, 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 um, the iceberg dynamic where this is the this is the movie and this is the book. So uh, I find that generally they don't give them the layers and the complexity and they cut odd things, but sometimes it gives you that visual that you had in your head. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't realize I, cause I write screenplays and stuff and I've written plays and screenplays and an average uh, movie is 120 pages of screenplay. But if you look at a screenplay page, it's not like a book page. It's yeah. maybe yeah. one quarter, maybe if you're lucky, 
uh, of what's on a page in a book. And you're only talking about 120 pages and that includes scene transitions and describing the location and stuff like that. So if you take like, how many pages is your book? Uh, goodness. I'm trying to think 400 odd each. Yeah. So 400 pages. So we're not going to get there's, it's impossible. There would be no way to tell the entire story of your book on a, uh, basically what is 120 pages divided by four i can't do math but what around 30 pages of your book is what will translate into the movie Mm. and people don't think with that and so you go there's no way so now i've taken your 400 page and even if we do some of the visuals from the some of the scenes you describe we're still only getting maybe 50 pages of your book into the movie so what part of your story did you want to tell And I think that's important for authors to think about that when they're thinking about giving up the rights to their book to a movie is, are you going to Stephen King it and just let them have it and do whatever the hell they want to with it? Or are you going to say, no, I'd really like to have some input, but you're never going to get the whole story in a movie. I think the Netflix series and stuff are really helpful with that or um, when they. Like I was going to ask, what are your thoughts on Outlander? Oh yeah, that's Yeah. Look, and again, it was sometimes you get the one sweeping shot and that's five pages of dialogue to get that one sweeping shot. So sometimes you think, wow, you nailed it. Another time, it's getting worse as it goes along. It's deviating more from the books as it goes along. So I think the first series I really loved. The second series was my favourite book. And then it's deviated a bit more. And I suspect that part of it is for me is that European history, I know quite a lot about. American history, a lot less. And it's a lot more about US Civil War, War of Independence. I can't even remember which one now. Yeah, is where the books go. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and look, but honestly, the later books were harder to read because a lot of it was battle scenes. And I do find that I skip over the battle scenes a bit because it's like, well, how many times can I hear about somebody shooting somebody else? It's interesting. And it's interesting to see where authors take an arc of a series and go a way that they feel they're creatively going. And as a fan, you go, what, where are you going? Where are you going there? Why did you do that? You know, and it's, it's interesting to go, how much do, are they listening to fans or how much is this just where they want to be as a writer? You think that yourself, you know, when you're writing your fifth book in a series, you think this is so far from where we started. So if you were here for the romance between these two characters, well, that's kind of continued. But if you were here for other things, you can't write five books about sustainable agriculture. So it is about what awful things do human beings do to each other. And it may not be what you think, where you think I should have gone with it, but it's where I felt I should have gone with it. So that, 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 you know, the, the analysis of society and what's wrong with us. No, I, I think that's interesting. And I think for readers listening, that's a, it's an important thing to understand that as the creators of it, we love that you fall in love with parts of it, but that might not be where we built this story, where the story is building itself in our heads. Well, you write the book you want to read, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's really what started it all was to say, you know, I, there's no book out there like what I've written. So I wanted to write something that was, I wanted to read and I wanted my kids to read. Have you Without the sex scenes book? part. No, because there's sex scenes in them. <laughs> How old is your teenager? 14. Oh, Boy. not yet. Not yet. Yeah, no. No, no, 
No. Have any of your relatives read your books though? Yes. So um, I do use a pen name, but unfortunately my worlds have collided. Um, and yes, and my sister-in-law and some various other people have read them and just kept going, but it's really good. And you're like, why are you sounding surprised? So, uh, <laughs> so Christmas was interesting. So uh, no, it was good. No, that's fine. My dad read my, reads my erotica books. It can't get weirder than that. And then comments on them and then comments to his friends about you should really read my daughter's book. I had to get over that entire situation. I was like, okay, well, it's <laughs> happening. I'd struggle yeah. with that. Yeah. I'm like, well, we're okay. That all just happened. We're just going to all sit and deal with it. That just happened. Oh my goodness. Okay. Do you ever get writer's block? Uh, yeah, look, I do. And some days it just doesn't flow. And then I go back and edit. And sometimes I find that as I'm editing, the, the, the you know, the little tapestry keeps going. And other days it just, it doesn't. And I'm editing. So I've, that's why I've always got something on the go. So I've always got something to do in my evening when I think, okay, I've got this couple of hours where I'm going to sit down and do this. Not often though. Well, have you looked into submitting your books for awards yet? I don't even know how it's it's a really like it's it's a whole new world for me as I say it's it's been literally five months yesterday so it's a whole new world for me we're gonna help you I'm gonna send you some stuff it'll be good no problem I will absolutely help you okay we're getting near the end Jen we need a final amazing question from you it better be the best question you've asked the entire time no pressure needs if to be you me. were going to pitch your series how how would you describe it? Elevator pitch. Oh, these are so hard. Um, so the Antipode series basically was around the question, if we gave a group of young people the opportunity to start again, what would they do? Would they make the same mistakes of the past? And, you know, and how would life evolve if we were given these intelligent young people a chance to start over? Oh, and now we have to see how that goes. I love that. Okay. You gave some advice on the last show. Okay. But you quoted two other authors. I would like to know you're on a panel. You're speaking on writing in front of a room full of authors in different stages. What do you say to them? It's about finding the time. You make the time to be a, a, an author. You don't, you do, it doesn't just come. You don't get extra hours in the day. You just say, okay, this is really important to me. I'm going to do this and I'm going to block off 7 p.m. till midnight. That's what I'm going to do. So, and, and having that built into your structure each day actually really helps the process because you'll find you'll go through your day and little things will come to you and you keep your little notebook and you scribble down your notes and then you get to your, your point in the day when you're typing it and it all comes back. Very, very cool. Awesome. Okay. Tell people how to find you again. So my website is tssimons.com and I'm on Instagram, badly on Twitter, Facebook and all the usual book bug, good reads and all the others. And book forest name is? Kaim, C-A-I-M, which is a Scots Gaelic word, which means a circle of protection or a sanctuary. Ooh, this is going to be interesting. Ooh, awesome. You have been fantastic and fun. We have loved having you on the show. Thank you for being here. Thank you for getting up fairly early in the morning and uh, being, I had to figure out timing. That was all me. I shouldn't be trusted with such things, but I made it happen. It's not 3 a.m. So thank you again for being on the show. Thank you for having me. 
Absolutely. I have been your host, Erica Lance. Jay and Paquette. And we will see you next time.